profit, oh God I'm here for a good time, not a long time, you know I I haven't had a good time in a long time, you know I I'm way up, I feel blessed Way up, I feel blessed I'm way up, I feel blessed Straight up, straight up Way up, I Look, feel blessed I ain't gon' say that we back or nothing Cause that implies that we're back from something If we're back from something What up, what up, what up I hope you're feeling blessed I hope you had an amazing Christmas I hope you, all your Amazon packages came in. None of them got stolen in the first floor in the hallway. We're going to have a quick, good episode today because I'm on break. First thing I want to talk to you guys about is happiness. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then it's well known in Nehemiah that the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 10, the second portion, says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I just want to remind many of you guys that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to remind many of you guys that as God God of hope fills you with joy and peace, Um, You may overflow with the power of the spirit. Happiness is strength. Um, We all know that happiness is like a reaction when something happens and joy is from the inside. But I just want to uh, plant this thought in your head that we have to live more in the cause than the effect. And we can't walk around uh, hoping to be happy. We have to kind of schedule our happiness You know, I once read that three components of happiness is something to do, someone to love, and something to look forward to. And when you think about something to do, it makes you realize that work is not whack. Um, Something to do, like, you know, part of the happiness is that you have responsibilities, you have obligations, objectives, duties. Um, Duties are not always bad. Um, And then someone to love, and you know, it's not just romantic, but your family and your friends and even the people in your community, the people in your gym, uh, the people in your job. Listen, you could be cool, but not close. Not everyone in your circles in your corner, but you can still enjoy those relationships. You know, the temple, the tabernacle had the outer courts, the inner courts and the holies of holies. And we want everybody to be in our holies of holies. But, you know, there's different tiers and we can have a great time in every single uh, level and tier, right? Um, I have friends at work. I, you know, I have acquaintances at the gym. I got friends at church. And all these people are part of. Uh, and, and then I got my family. I got my wife. And uh, I got my, you know, media family and my children. But something to do, some someone to love and something to look forward to. And as a follower of Christ, I have every Sunday to look forward to. And, you know, being a follower of Christ, that's one of the advantages that we have a day of the week of reflection, a day of the week where we think about what we think about, a day of the week where we take moral inventory. You know, the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 24, it says, and let us consider how 
to spur one another on to love and good deeds. And let us not neglect meeting together uh, as some have made a habit, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So everybody likes to talk about do not neglect the assembly of saints, but it's more just coming to church. It's about coming to church to spur one another uh, uh, onto love and, and good deeds and to encourage one another. So church is not just a monologue, but a dialogue. It's not just vertical, but it's horizontal. And so that's one of the cool things about being a follower of Christ that, um, you know, it gives you something to do. It gives you someone to love and it's something to look forward to every single Sunday. And then you can also look forward to your goal. The, you know, the day you bench press 135 pounds and you use the big 45-pound plates like the big guys in the gym or deadlines and, and vacations and, you know, birthdays and weddings. You know, one of the things I want to, I re, you know, remind you that feelings are not always facts. And you may be feeling overwhelmed, but don't let that rob you Rob you, in the sense of your preparation. You know, your preparation for your anniversary, your preparation for the upcoming Sweet 16 wedding or whatever it is. Because these are the moments that are the bookmarks of your life. These are the moments that you remember. You know, um, we know that time is... In, in the biblical time, in the Greek, is logos and kairos, and logos is the tick-tock time, and tick-tock, tick-tock, and, and kairos is uh, a God-appointed time, a time as this, and, you know, we have to understand that in the logos, we got to strengthen ourselves, make deposits, so we know how to completely step into the opportunities presented by uh, these Kairos moments. And I'm not saying that the wedding and your anniversary is a Kairos moment, but they are still an, an anniversaries. They are still, um, you know, memorable things in your life. You know, some people are looking for momentum, but momentum is built in moments. And when we uh, honor a moment, you know, our life is just a collection of nows, right? There's really no past or future, but it's like now, 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 now. And it's, you know, we have to understand that now could also st stand for no opportunity wasted. So, yeah, that's it. You know, three components of happiness, something to do, someone to love, something to look forward to. Think about that for a moment. You know, do you have something to do? Do you have someone to love? Do you have something to look forward to? And is there a better way of approaching those three things? All right. All right. Let's take a break. Next tune. DJ, play that. God good. God good, God good, God good. Jump and shack out, you know, say God good. Punks all about, you know, say God good. Me happy ball out, me know, say God good. Me me tell you how, me know, say God good. God good, God good, God good. What? Now it's time for the sermon recap. Yesterday I preached a short message called Connected and Compatible with God. I guess the takeaway, the thesis statement was we can change the world when we let God change us. And uh, the text was 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, or who will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven 
and I will forgive their sins and will hear, heal their land. And, I, and the big takeaways was God's people following God's plan receive God's promises. I talked about in the scripture, um, we are God's people. It says, if my people who are called by my name as followers of Christ, we could uh, embrace uh, this scripture and this challenge. And then also about following God's plan. And it was denoting uh, humility, uh, prayer, seeking God's face and turning away from uh, wicked ways and character defect defects. And because the scripture says uh, if uh, people will humble themselves and, you know, humility before God is a big thing. Humility, be- humility before God is an attractive factor for God's grace and God's favor. Uh, and, you know, so many Christians I was sharing with the church are prideful before God and, and humble before people when God wants us to be humble before him and confident before people. And so, you know, it's about humility, it's an attitude, it's a posture for our purpose and power, uh, prayer, talking to God, relying on God, tapping into God's power, like sort of his extension cord, um, seeking God's face, talks about just not praying to seek his hand of intervention, but to seek his face. Many people pray, so they just not pray, and they for they could be in the, a position of predatorial power, and we have to pray to uh, get a glimpse of the glory and holiness of God so we can begin to shift and change, and certain things in our life could melt away, and seeking God's face denotes passion, persistence, um, and then turning from the wicked ways, I talked about, uh, I don't know if I did, I, I should have, but the the peacock chair that be in baby showers and the old school picture with the wicker and how they were like twisted and there's areas of life that's not necessarily evil, but twisted and, you know, sin is talking about falling short of the glory of God. So we have to allow God to dress us, shape us, correct us and um, put us in the potter's wheel. You know, growing old is inevitable, but growing up is a choice. You know, and and the Manslow hierarchy of needs, the top thing is self-actualization. And, you know, for us, our top of our hierarchy of needs is to be more and more Christ-like every single day and uh, to continue to grow and glow and be the salt and the light of the world. And, you know, um, unfortunately, this scripture, in the context of this scripture, Solomon was dedicating the temple and building his palace, and he was driving the people really hard. You know, David was was there to battle. Solomon was there to build. Uh, David took the land. Solomon built the temple. But the problem was that this was the highlight of Solomon's life. So he builds his temple. He has extra, extravagant prayer and service and the glory of God is there. God's giving him this warning about staying humble. Queen of Sheba comes shortly after that, visits him. She's fainted by the glory and grandeur and glamour of his kingdom. And, you know, right after that, we see that Solomon's son, Rehoboam, takes over 
and he didn't really have that spiritual authority. He didn't have that gravitas. He didn't have that sense of mission. And he began to lose the people and the kingdom was split. And, you know, Rehoboam, I believe, is the only son of Solomon mentioned. Solomon was a great king, but a bad father. And, you know, and we have to understand that, you know, our ministry is also our family and that Solomon, you know, this scripture wasn't seared enough into his consciousness because he didn't have a chance to stay humble and he, you know, he didn't end strong, but we can learn from these scriptures and we can learn from these promises because it says, you know, I was sharing, I was sharing with the church that God's people, us following God's plan receive God's promise. And the promise is hearing from God, letting God hear our prayers, receiving forgiveness, restoration, and reconciliation, and then uh, healing. And that healing will be for the land, right? So as we grow, uh, our land begins to grow and, and, you know, we can move the needle in in, in, in growing and stirring the collective consciousness to a place of love, faith, and hope. And, you know, that's so important. And then, um, you know, I talked about really quickly one of my favorite shows, Mr. Robot. In the end, Mr. Robot, pretty much to super paraphrase, he said, you know, instead of hacking um, E-Corps, I should have hacked myself. And I, I should have been in change. And, you know, and there's a famous poem talking about wanting to change the world, and I'll share it with you. I don't know if it's a poem, but story. So when I was a young man, I wanted to change the world. I found it difficult to change the world, so I tried to change my nation. When I found out I couldn't change the nation, I began to focus on my town. But I couldn't change the town. And as an older man, I tried to change my family. Now as an old man, I realized that the only thing I can change is myself. And suddenly I realized that if long ago, if I had changed myself, could have made an impact on my family and my family may have impacted our town and the town may have impacted and moved the needle and to change the nation and then I could have indeed changed the world so you know so many Christians want to change the world and want to take the world but it begins by letting God take our heart and changing ourselves and as we change ourselves you know Solomon built his big kingdom but he didn't want to build his family and this is why the, the kingdom split. Um, yeah, so that was the sermon recap. And uh, I hope you maybe learn 1.5 things. All right? So let's get let's get to the jet report. All right? It's time to talk about the jets. Yo, yo, the dog is here. Yo, now it's time for the New York Jets report. The Jets ended the season by defeating the playoff bound Bills. We destroyed them. Maybe not destroyed them. 
maybe we beat their JV team, their practice practice squad, um, the 707 Buffalo Recreation Champs. But nevertheless, we won. And so we had a decent season. I think we ended the season the last eight games, like 6-2. Um, you know, we had a rough start, man. I got a theory. Is it possible that Bill Belichick sent some Southie girl to hang out in Tribeca in August as he dressed up the Southie girl like a yuppie? And she kissed up Sam Donald and gave him the mano. Sam, we lost our quarterback for the first eight games. He had the mano. Kissing wrong people, wrong time, wrong place. And is it possible that someone messed with coaches Adam Gase Mets? Did you guys see his first press conference? Google that. Google coach Adam Gase New York Jets press conference. It was struggle bus. So nevertheless, we did okay. Uh, here's my prediction. My prediction is that Patriots beat Tennessee in a close game, but lose to the Ravens. My prediction is Houston beats who's Houston playing? I forgot who Houston's playing. Oh, Buffalo. And then loses to Kansas City. And then the Ravens beat Kansas City. My prediction is that uh, Philly loses to Seattle. I'm sorry, Philly. I'm sorry, Chief States. And um, Saints probably gonna molly whop the Vikings. And I think in the, when it's all said and done, you know, if the Saints get Antonio Brown, I think the Saints go to the Super Bowl. But that don't look like it's going to happen. My heart wants Seattle. I, I, I like Marshawn Lynch. But my brain says that San Francisco is tough to beat. But nevertheless, I predict Ravens win the Super Bowl. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the, the league is going to need another year to catch up to him. You know, it's not just about catching up to him, but it's catching up to their running game. They got like a downhill running game where they guard a pull to the right and the running back will run to the left. And Lamar will fake bootleg to the right. And it's, it's really hard. You know, you need some really disciplined defense to stop that. But I think San Francisco give them a hard time because they have a good defensive line. All right, that's the Jets report. Jets are going to the playoffs next year. Next year, we're going to be 10 and 6. Don't be a hater. All right. And then the um, the Giants fired their coach. Redskins got a new coach. I like Ron Rivera. I think Redskins made a really good decision. And Ron Rivera, I think the Giants is going to hire the dude for Baylor. He's a PK. I forgot his name. He's like a pastor's kid. I think he lived in New York. I think his parents served in a church in Times Square. Not Times Square Church. I know what y'all are thinking. My victory average people, they get happy. But I checked already. It wasn't Times Square Church. I think it's some Presbyterian church. But nevertheless, he's a PK. He's a pastor's kid. He's a good leader, but I think uh, the Giants is a little too much for him. I think the Giants need to hire a big name. I think they need someone like Ron Rivera, like a program builder. I think they need like, like you know, Jimmy Johnson, Weinstein. They're too old, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I can't see, you know, or maybe Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, if he, he could do good in Cleveland, Cincinnati. Oh, no, Cincinnati got a young coach. Cleveland or Giants, he'll do well. All right, just report. I'm out. Happy New Year. It's New Year's Eve when I'm recording this. Um, 
the earth went around the sun, another rotation. I'm blessed to be alive. Uh, I feel strong. I still feel a little witty. Um, the church is doing great. The people love God. They love each other. They kind of like me. Um, job is doing good. The family's good. You know, and, um, you know, I feel good. Just a little older, but I feel good. And then I said, Anna, this morning, I said, Anna, let me ask you a question. She said, what? And I asked her this question. Happy New Year, friends. We've come to the end of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, There's a lot of stuff going on in the world. A lot of protests all over the world. A lot of things are happening. But I just want to speak positivity and joy in your heart. May God bless you this year with wisdom, insight, oversight, foresight, strength, grace, power, favor, love, joy, peace, happiness. Um, May you have faith to shift the circumstances surrounding your existence. I pray that you'll be so optimistic. Um, You know, I was reading this thing about basketball players and the power of visualization. And apparently there was like three groups. One group didn't practice free throws. They didn't get better. One group practiced free throws and they got like 24% better. And one group just envisioned and used visualization on being better at free throws. I guess they were talked to, talked through the process and envisioned good form, envisioned the ball going through the hoop, and they improved 23%. So, what if you get people who physically practice mixed with people who visualize and I just want you to be optimistic and visualize yourself accomplishing your goals Um, expect the best prepare for the worst don't be a baby cry when things don't go your way but you know it's good to practice being optimistic and looking forward to this great year and having the expectancy that God's going to do something great in your life. Um, understanding that whatever your prophetic destiny, you know, Alexander the Great was a great general and a great conqueror, you know, largely because, you know, he was told a story that he believed that his mom, uh, you know, he was a product of some divine demigod had sex with his mom and he's part demigod and all this stuff and we know the placebo effect how real the placebo effect is and you know and if we know that visualization works and placebo effect works what happens when we have faith fruitfulness faithfulness focus and a sense of prophetic expectancy you know, 
nothing will be impossible for us. You know, so we have to understand that it's imperative that we stay uh, positive. It's imperative that we stay humble, knowing that life isn't just happening to you, but life is in response to the plan of God for your life. Um, And, you know, we have to stay on the path moving forward and having a consciousness of a champion and exerting effort, not struggle. Struggle is effort laced with drama, but effort to fight entropy, you know, and and entropy is like pulling you back at 1%. So you got to go forward at 5% um, to overcome the natural um, entropy that happens to all of us. So I just want to um, encourage you for the year 2020. I'm pretty sure your pastor is going to tell you 2020 vision. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a book on 2020 vision, you know. But it's so important that, you know, you and I are ready to endure any storm. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust to align our thoughts, feelings, and actions with the will and ways of God to learn to use our emotions to think, but not to think with our emotions and to continue to go forward and reach our full you know, potential. Like I said, over and over, over to you guys, but it's a new year. It's a new chance. Um, I'm not big into new year, new me, but new year, better me, you know, and, and to continue to, to grow forward, to, to, to grow up and go forward. And um, be part of the 20% that make 80% of the difference. And learn to close the gap between what you know and what you do. And to be a blessing to many. You know, don't forget the marginalized people. Don't forget the hurting people around you, the people in your peripheral don't forget to stop and listen to the people crying out for help. The people who sometimes they're in so much pain that they are kind of they are they're, they're a pain, you know, and they're they're tough to deal with. But may God give you the strength. May God give you um, the grace to be used by God to have some margin in your life to have some corners for the hurting. Uh, Queen, I mean, Ruth, not Queen, I was got confused with Ruth and Esther. Ruth used to glean in the corners of Boaz Field. And, you know, I just hope that you leave some margin in your life for the miraculous. You're extra someone else's miracle. And, you know, I just I, I just want to put, put that in your heart because I don't want you thinking... Oh, I'll be a blessing when I make six figures. When I make $40 an hour, I'm going to tithe. And when I make $50 an hour, I'm going to buy my mom new shoes because she got holes in her new balances. You know, leave some margin now, you know, and and work on, you know, I believe Rick Warren reversed tithes. And Rick Warren lives on 90%. And every year he gets more percentage to his church and to um, charity. So, you know, I just wanted to speak into your life and um, 
hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm going to leave you a worship song. And uh, the next episode will be out soon. All right. Let me know if you guys enjoy this podcast. All right. Have a good one. Peace.
Thank you. 